0: Hello to today's podcast from Mark and Mark on pharmaceutical contamination monitoring. Today, we look at a risk assessment in a laminar flow bench. I'm Mark with 25 years of experience in a septic fill finish equipment, and I'm together with...
1: Hello, I'm Mark with 25 years of contamination monitoring uh, solutions.
0: So, Mark, it's a couple of weeks back. We had the CPHI in Frankfurt, and one of the burning topics from a lot of companies is... How do I do a manual fill without Hmm. having a machine, which is robotized, moving bottles from one end to the other inside a laminar flow bench? We looked at this in several different uh, constellations. And every time we come up with a human is reaching in there, we're inside a class B environment um, where the human is walking around. And then we have a laminar flow bench creating the class a area, and they're working inside there. So how critical is this process, and what do you think needs to be done and evaluated?
1: right, but there's still an awful lot of people using that manual fill technology, and we see it in all we see it you know an awful lot here in the u s mark with the five o three b and compounding pharmacies and this type of thing where. The production volume isn't big enough to warrant the employment of a full filling process, you know, filling machine and isolators where thousands of vials can be can be done. This is what we're looking at more around, you know, smaller production volumes, like ATMPs and those, you know, biotech type products that have, <clears throat> you know, a small market and therefore um, don't have the 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 scales that um, we're, we typically see for vaccines and things. So it's a it's a common um, situation and one that, yeah, you, you do have to take some certain additional considerations because, as we all know, wherever there's an operator, that is your biggest source of contamination. So you've got an operator doing manual uh filling so manual manipulations of product whether they be you know open closed you know whether the penetration is made through a septum or a, or a membrane but wherever you get operators and, and materials and products coming into the same place you, you have to add another layer of concern. Now, fortunately, those spaces are typically quite small. You know, the the laminar flow benches that these machines or processes are performed in, typically, you know, a meter and a half, maybe two meters long and and 80 centimeters to a meter deep. So they're fairly small, compact spaces. Which, um, you know, is a is a benefit because we don't have a, a huge area but that one operator could be doing two or three different functions that we need to monitor. So you you have to get your eyes on the process to see how that operator is using that space. The first consideration, believe it or not, isn't necessarily um, around, you know, the activities of the process itself. They're more to do with how do I not impede the operator from doing those manipulations because if we put the particle counter and the microbial sampler too close to the operator and restrict their natural movement now they're not doing things efficiently and Mm -hmm. the best movement an operator can do is one that isn't disjointed you know it has to be smooth that smooth transition from one location to the other with their gloves You know, and their oversleeves and their secondary gloves and all of the other, you know, um, elements that we take, the mitigation that we do to try and reduce that impact is all for nothing if we're making them lean over a sample probe or stretch around an isokinetic probe to be able to manipulate whatever they're doing. So step one is look at how the operator works. And are they working seamlessly, i.e. it's not disjointed, it's not clunky?
0: So would you have them first work without a particle counter to see? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. I'd
1: want to see what they do normally. And we we can do this during a media fill, you know, during an aseptic uh, simulation, they're in their APS, because now the end result of whatever they're doing is fully validated at the end, because if they do it wrong and cause contamination, we can see the evidence of that contamination in a failed product, because all of them are then sent for sterility assurance. But you want to be able to let an operator work as efficiently as they can. This is almost like any quality system. Don't stop an operator, don't stop a worker from doing what they're doing by confining their activities through quality if what they're doing is right that is your quality measure it so and we can measure that quality by letting them do what they do verify that what they do is clean and then where do we then add the monitoring points that give us that extra data point that extra piece of information that shows nothing's changed and we're working in a homogenous way as we did when we did the APS
0: so it's uh not so important to monitor each step of the human uh taking an empty bottle putting it under filling a needle uh moving it to a stoppering station and so on Because we have a full system behind it, we have a laminar flow, we have air pressure and everything which is working in our favor now. Um, We just have to make sure with the measurement that all the systems are working. Is that right?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. So, you know, if this was a filling machine and and inside an isolator with no access or even inside a a hard wall in the old style, those three elements, you know, the, the. the filling, the stoppering and the capping. Well, the capping probably happens outside anyway, but even, you know, the glassware loading where the glassware is first put into the laminar flow bench and then they're picked up and put onto the filling head and filled manually by a needle or a pump or a a meter. And then that filled vial is then put into an other chamber for stoppering and then the stoppering is manual. Each one of those activities on a filler we try and monitor individually. But then we're not really worried. Everything that transfers the glassware from the accumulator table to the point of fill is all automated. There's a you know a carousel and a conveyor belt. Here it's a person. And if we make that person, you know, kind of jostle or, or, or have an abrupt movement to try and move a, a piece of glassware from one location to the other, that will impede what they do. So the idea is to look for the more critical aspects where, A, there is a high degree of risk, but obviously we don't look at every single piece of risk as part of monitoring here. We we take monitoring to be an aspect that proves the whole. So we try to get close to the operator's manipulations, but not so close, you know, that whole, you know, in close proximity to is, is the language we're going to use now, not necessarily that within 12 inches, you know, within a foot of the critical location. I'd like to think that in such a small area, we could still get within a foot of, of the most critical, but um, we don't always pick them all up. For for the problems that I've just discussed, you know, it's if you stop the operator working clean, then you are going to get contamination because you generated the contamination by making the operator work in an an unsuitable manner. So when we're doing the risk assessments, it's absolutely imperative that we watch the process and, and maybe even two or three different operators performing that same process. And that we can gather the data. So this is where the contamination control strategy works to your favour. Okay, it, so you're not, you're not, no single piece, you know, as if we, if we quote the annex one, no single piece of data confirms a sepsis. but at the same time, no single piece of data denies it. So you're looking for the whole of the information that's available. So you take your APS, you take your Uh, differential pressure sensor on on the laminar flow bench, you know, to ensure that velocity is maintained. You take the temperature and humidity to make sure that the environment was maintained in a comfortable way. You take the gowning information and what were the fingerprint testing? Each time they take their hand out of that grade A, you do fingerprints and they swap gloves. Where's that data? And all of those little pieces together add to the quality assurance add to that control paradigm that that enables you to go we are now you know with the highest degree of control because you know the the difference between an automated system and an operator is simply that you want an operator to work smoothly whereas you can get a machine to do manner of different functions in a in a non-smooth way you can get it to change direction with two conveyors but yeah. an operator can't change from a horizontal movement to a vertical movement smoothly uh, and if they have to go around the sample probe it, it, it just adds to the frustration of an operator which makes it a bad day
0: yeah and then we cannot forget the operators around, the filling operators. So we have someone else staging uh, bottles, okay. maybe bringing empty bottles, taking away uh, stoppered bottles, bringing them somewhere else for capping, for example. Um, other people who are watching the process to make sure that it's all good yeah. and no mistakes are being happening. Um, so, all day are running around in a small room, typically around this system. So, your contamination control strategy uh, involves all these people around and packaging and everything around there, too, right? It does.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, I mean, there's three, four, five people in the background, you know, one putting clean glassware into the environment, one taking the, the, the used glassware out, um, and then a couple of record keepers. So, the, that grade B background, We want to be monitoring it to make sure particle levels don't build up unnecessarily, which allows for contamination to be carried into that grade A zone. And this is why the differential pressure between or the air velocity of those hoods relative to the outside air is imperative to demonstrate that there's this sheath flowing over the grade A, ensuring that there's no extrinsic, activity allowed to become an internal problem. So yeah, you can't just when when you look at a hood, you're never just looking at a hood. You're looking at operators, backgrounds, where that hood sits within a room, you know, is it in the middle of the room? Therefore it's subject to other turbulence. Is it in a corner? Does it get clean air? Is there a distribution grating pointing at the hood, which may well give a velocity that you know, um, kind of disrupts air as it exits the hood. So is it truly in a grade B mixed air or is there any sense of external airflow pathways? So your visual study for airflow over the process becomes important. Your visual study in the at rest and operational state become important to help determine where does that sample point go that gives the best reflection of if something went wrong can i monitor it so we are really going back to an HACCP type effect do i capture the event if something goes wrong and um, and if you do brilliant Mm -hmm. we've got an early warning system We can you know the nice thing about these small quantities is you go oh i got this one wrong i'm just going to discard it without disrupting the rest of the batch so it um it does take a certain different um perspective when looking at manual filling but um but the same rules apply you know to, to define what the critical control points are and then and then look for how do we ensure that we're monitoring those critical points.
0: So at the end, I come to the uh, conclusion for myself here when I listen to you that it's easier to use an isolator um, because then you don't have to worry about so many other things around there. There's less risk. Um, It's still possible to do the laminar flow bench, but you have to put a little bit of more Brain into the monitoring points and everything around it,
1: and and understand the data that it's giving to you.
0: Yeah. All right. So I think this is a a good base to start the discussion um, for everyone who needs a risk assessment for environment or for laminar flow benches or anything else. Of course, we'd be happy to help. Um, you can ask your local salesperson for support. You can go to our website, pmeasuring.com, and you can, of course, email us at any time at info at Thank you, Mark. Always a pleasure, Mark. Talk to you next
1: week. See you soon, my friend. Bye-bye. Take care.
0: Bye.